Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Star City Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Smith, and today we're continuing our conversation on the subject of how to deal with the strong and difficult emotions of grief that we all can suffer from personal losses in our lives. Our guest again is Terry Carroll. Terry is our Generations Minister and serves with us on our ministry staff team right here at First Roanoke, and he leads our Grief Share ministry designed and able to help others as they're walking through that long, dark valley of the shadow. Well, Terry, welcome back, and thank you for helping us to once again explore this most difficult of subjects. Thank you. You know, Terry, I'm sure that many who will be listening to our program today may find themselves struggling with grief, Mm -hmm. or if not then they likely know someone who is. Mm -hmm. And we hope today's program will be an encouragement to them. Now, I want to begin our conversation by exploring the different stages of grief that most of us go through when we find ourselves experiencing a deep personal loss in life, such as the death of someone close to us whom we love. Terry, this is one of the things that the Grief Share Ministry that you lead helps us to deal with uh, in our lives. So let's talk about this today. And what exactly are the different stages of grief that we can experience? Okay, thank you, Brian. It is great to be back and uh, discussing such an important issue. Uh, the stages of grief that we talk about in Grief Share are uh, shock and denial, pain and guilt, anger and bargaining, uh, depression. Uh, the upward turn and working through it, uh, and then ultimately arriving to the acceptance and hope. And I guess we should tell our listeners that that these stages are not necessarily the same order Absolutely or not. the same degree, much less the same experience level for people who are suffering the loss of a loved one. But let's take each of these briefly and talk okay. about them in the time we have today. Right. Let's first of all begin with shock and denial. What do we mean when we say shock and denial as a stage of grief? Well, as we had uh, earlier talked about, grief is this intense expression of loss. And uh, while it is intense, it's chaotic, and it will lead us to experience things we never thought we would. And Shock and denial is actually one of those, and it's uh, the experts call it a state of disbelief and numbing feeling, and uh, one that we're not able to comprehend what just happened. Uh, another uh, part of that is that we will we will experience a short term denial uh, of our loss, and that's not necessarily when we say denial, we're not denying that we've lost a loved one, but we're denying uh, the emotional expression right. of our grief, aren't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. And and we'll find ourselves a lot of times even turning that uh, back on our loved ones themselves. Uh, for instance, like, uh, they would not do this to me. Uh, you know, it's this is not really happening. Uh, I just will not accept it, believing that it will go away in the moment. Uh, it'll just disappear. You know, and, sometimes when I'm helping somebody, too, it's I see uh, them— thinking that for the sake of others around them, they need to repress their emotions. And really, God gave us tear ducts for a reason. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that Jesus himself wept, Mm -hmm. that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Even God's son allowed himself to grieve and be emotional about the things that that, uh, he suffered that were lost and and the and the pain that he saw in the lives of those he was trying to help. Well, that mm-hmm. leads us to the next stage I want to talk about for a moment, and that is pain and guilt. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we repress our feelings and our emotions, 
um, then that can lead us right into another problem stage, and that is great pain and great guilt, which is part of the grieving process. Uh, let's unpack that for just a minute. How does that express itself in a person's life, Terry? Well, yeah, um, in the pain and guilt stage, we feel that our loss is just unbearable. And, uh, and at the same time, we're making others' lives harder uh, because of our feelings or needs at that moment. Uh, you know, we'd say, like, how did I mess this up? Uh, or what could I have done differently? And the guilt begins to build. And, uh, and it only adds to more guilt if we, if we remain in that stage, if you will, of the, of the grief journey. You know, sometimes that feeling of guilt, I've heard other people describe saying, it should have been me. That's exactly right. Uh, this wasn't supposed to happen. I was supposed to die first. Mm-hmm. And we can actually feel guilty uh, for things that are absolutely beyond our control and are only in God's control. Right. And and probably one of the things that that is so dangerous and destructive about guilt is, is what it does to a person's faith. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it can really rattle us and cause us to not be looking at uh, what the Bible says concerning the forgiveness mm-hmm. in Christ, the freedom that we have, and uh, that pain and guilt that a person goes through, if not dealt with, takes us into another stage, which is anger mm-hmm. and bargaining. Now, let's take just a moment and talk about each of those and what that means. First mm-hmm. of all, anger most often is directed to the same person. Who is that person, Terry? God. Uh, we find ourselves uh, most everyone that's been through our grief share has experienced some form of anger. Uh, in that walk, and and we use it as a justifiable way uh, to lash out at God. Uh, you know, we'll say, "Why are you doing this to me, God?" And and then all of a sudden, you know, I've tried to live right. I've even trusted you. Why did you take this person away from me? And while lamenting is good, the experts say, especially to our Creator, uh, He's big enough to you know to to deal with that. It's not a surprise to Him that we've lost our loved one. But we take that uh, as, a, as a way to uh, begin to bargain with him, uh, to try to lean on the fact that I've done all the things right, yet you've taken my greatest love away from me, God. Well, we know that's not really how they feel. It's just where they are in the moment. And in fact, what we should strive to do is, is come to the realization that God has not abandoned us, uh, he's been there all the time, and yes. uh, even when we couldn't sense his presence. And, you know, th- that is what we can lean on uh, as as Christians uh, and not try to uh, bargain with the one who experts, and, and I like what some of the uh, biblical commentaries have said, who is completing his will daily to include our grief and our loss. Yes. Uh, and it's yes. so important that we know that, that there's a time for everything, Ecclesiastes tells us. Mm. There's a time, you know, even to die, but there's also a time to build. And that's where we want to be at uh, in this grief walk. You know, the idea and problem of bargaining, um, this is how it sometimes plays out when you say in a person's life, and we don't think about it as bargaining. Bargaining is really, in our mind, what we hope to get yeah, that's right. out of it. But when we're angry with God, then we can accuse God of breaking our bargain. Mm-hmm. God, I prayed for this person to be healed. Mm-hmm. God, I went to church. God, I had faith. And God, you let me down. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a 
result of a person not understanding that when we pray and pray in faith, right. we also pray in trust. Trust and obey, as the old hymn says, for there's no other way. And God sometimes answers our prayers by saying yes and heals the person we love by miracle or by medicine. And sometimes God says not yet, and sometimes right. God says no. But even when he says no, really, we need to remember that if the person we're praying for is sick, they always get healed because heaven is a place of glorious healing, Amen. isn't it, forever? Well, where we need to hurry through the rest of our stages. Mm-hmm. The next stage is depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell our listeners what, what that's like. Well, depression obviously is another stage that we go through when we have a loss, and grief is very fatiguing. Uh, things began to slow down. We can't seem to make sense of what our normal life uh, is anymore. Uh, now, and, is depression a sin, Terry? No, it is not a sin. It's an emotion. Yes. And it's something that, that's a, a, some encouragement that I wanted to share with our audience, that depression itself is not a sin. And it's how we react in our state of depression that can lead us to sinful acts. And we like to encourage and our people to be very guarded during this time, especially it's it's so critical because they can insulate themselves with the wrong things and end up costing themselves uh, some um, uh, some really long term consequences. Not only for themselves, but they can uh, cause additional pain and hurt in the lives around that's them. That's exactly and, right. And I'm so glad you 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 drew the difference that depression is not. Uh, a sin. No. It's an emotion. And right. when you look at the Bible, you had Elijah being depressed. You had Jonah being depressed. Uh, David, mm-hmm. when you read the Psalms, obviously went through seasons of depression. Right. It's how we respond to this emotion that is so key. Mm-hmm. God calls us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding and in all our ways acknowledge mm-hmm. Him. Paul said it a different way, give thanks in everything and for everything. Now, he's not saying that we need to like everything that happens, but what he is saying is when we thank God, we are reminding ourselves that God is on the throne and I'm not, Mm -hmm. that God is God and we're not. And so therefore, I'm going to trust him because just because I can't see where his hand is at work in my life right now doesn't mean that it isn't. So if I can't trace his hand, as Dr. Warren Wiersbe was known for saying, I will choose to trust Mm. his heart. And when we make that turn out of depression, then we have that upward turn where our focus begins to change and we begin looking in in a different direction, looking up. And Mm -hmm. there's so many wonderful hymns uh, that you and I have gone through our Christian life singing. In fact, I want to encourage our listeners that if you have a hymnal or if you just have a smartphone, you can Google the lyrics to hymns of faith or hymns of peace or Mm -hmm. hymns of hope. You, if you grew up in the church, you will see wonderful words and you'll remember wonderful songs Mm -hmm. that will encourage you in the darkness of the night of depression. Well, we then have reconstruction and working through it. That's putting into practice that which we know to be true. One of the best ways to work out of that depression, having made that upward turn, is to turn our focus off of ourselves and onto somebody else. You know, it's hard to be continually depressed, isn't it, if you're helping somebody else that's really worse off than you are. Which brings us to the last stage, Terry, and I want us to close our time together by talking about acceptance and hope. What is it that we need to accept, and what does it mean 
to find the hope that we need in this valley of the shadow. Basically, the acceptance and hope uh, stages is us growing on our grief walk that where we admit and accept that God has been with us the whole time. He is still with me. He will be with me throughout eternity. Mm, uh, so you know, true. And, and, and it's me accepting who I am in God's eyes and uh, therefore being able to see the world through God's eyes. And with that comes the ultimate hope in the Lord. And it, uh, it aids us in uh, living this abundant life we all desire. You know, a lot of people, Terry, uh, when they go through a, a, a hard loss in life, losing someone that they love that's they're very close, maybe a, mm-hmm. a spouse after many years of, of a good marriage. Uh, you know, every good marriage ends in tears mm-hmm. um, by either the husband being called home to heaven or a, the wife uh, being called home That's to right. heaven. And no matter who gets called first, most of the time the person remaining thinks that they should have been the first one to go. Right. But we need to accept as followers of Jesus Christ, and, and listener, I hope you are trusting in Christ to be your Lord and Savior, that placing your hope in God in times of grief also means that you're accepting the fact that although I'm crying today, it doesn't mean I'll be crying forever. That's right. That I'm sad today, but it doesn't mean I'm sad forever. You don't need to make a permanent response to a temporary emotion because you will smile again, won't we? Absolutely. We will experience opportunities to continue on because isn't God's promise, Terry, to us that as long as we have breath, then he is able to glorify himself through the life of his child. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we also, we point to the Ephesians 2.10 a lot of times, and it talks about us being God's handiwork. Think about that for a moment. We, the creator of the world, are God's handiwork, and that that he has created Christ Jesus through, or Jesus has created us to do good works. Uh, And it was all done in advance. So this is not a surprise to God. And when we can be at the acceptance and hope phase, uh, we have embodied the fact Mm. that we are God's handiwork, and we're going to go out and begin our healing process even further by serving other people in Jesus' name. The Apostle Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. He didn't say I've learned to like every state I'm in. I'm sure some of the many (laughs) struggles and sufferings he had, he didn't like at all. But he was confident that God would see him through and that God does not waste our pain if we will trust in Him with all of our heart. Well, Terry, thank you so much for spending this time together. Listeners, we hope that you have been encouraged and helped. If you find yourself walking through the valley of the shadow of death and going through the stages of grief, or maybe you know someone who is, and you can reach out to them in love and patience and just be there to let them know they are not alone. Thank you, friends, and may God bless you as you continue to help others walk through one of the most difficult journeys that any person will ever face in life. Well, this is all the time that we have for the Star City Podcast. So until next time, I'm Brian Smith, and I want to thank you for joining us today, and may you live this week and every week by His grace and for His glory. 